In today's show, we look back at all the action in the NBA from Wednesday. Tons of injuries, tons for us to talk about. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore bball, on TikTok at redrock underscore bball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. There's so much for us to talk about today. We did a waiver wire show earlier today, so we can look at the trends from that game or from you know, waiver wire moves in that show, not in this one. We've got news to cover, and then we've got a lot of games where big-time injuries perhaps occurred or may have occurred. We'll talk about them as well. So, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> All right. Big news in Phoenix. Chris Paul is questionable for tomorrow. Cameron Johnson is playing, but Landry Shamit is out. Of course he is. Why wouldn't he be out after I put him on the thumbnail of the streaming option because they had three games in four nights? So he's out. So that's awesome. Sick. Great. Well done. I guess Damian Lee is going to be the option there. I wouldn't put faith in Dwayne Washington Jr. If Chris Paul is out and Shamit is out, then yes, we can go back to Washington. We can also look at Saban Lee, who took all of Washington's minutes last game. I wouldn't feel great about either of those. I think what likely would happen, though, is that Dario Saric would start. Say Chris Paul plays. It would be Paul, Bridges, Johnson or Craig, and Saric, or... Johnson and Craig both start together, even though Cam will be on a minutes restriction. I don't think they'll start him. So some good news with Cam Johnson back, with Chris Paul questionable. Some bad news with Shamit out. Again, I won't. I don't think we'd be adding Dwayne Washington. I don't think we're adding Saban Lee. Maybe Sharich, but again, Craig and Johnson could get a lot of those minutes. Maybe look at Damian Lee, but they're not great options. Also, good news on Jalen Brown. JB, you've done it again. He's questionable. So that's going to really impact Derek White, Marcus Smart. Or not Marcus Smart. Actually, a little bit Marcus Smart. Derek White, Malcolm Brogdon, Grant Williams in particular are going to get hurt. And I think that you'd want to hold Brogdon and White for one more game. And I think they will end up... I think they will end up being drops. 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 Moving into more streamers. Just a quick advance notice. In tomorrow's show, I'm going to give my picks for the All-Star game. So... If you want to get your picks for the All-Star game worked out, and then when I give my picks out and you go, how could you possibly not have this guy? You can have an example of who you would leave off and who you would have in. Easy to do. Rather than just saying, well, this guy has to make it because you've got to always take someone off to put someone in. So, advance warning, 24 hours notice. In the recap show tomorrow, I am going to go through my All-Star picks. I know it's like a week or two before the official ones come out, but we're going to get it done at this point. So just a warning that that is coming. Let's go straight into the games because, again, there is just... There's tons to talk about. First game, Hawks, Mavericks. Atlanta wins at 130. Dallas 122. DeJounte Murray's turning in a real, real strong little patch of games here. 38 minutes, 30 points, 4-3, 7 rebounds, 4 assists. The scoring's great. The efficiency's up. Part of the big reason he was good last year was really high rebounds and really high assists. That's not coming back to the same level. So a little bit of what he's doing is fluky. It's coming on really high shooting percentages, and that's something that's not able to sustain. So don't look at this and go, well, the ranking's up. Therefore, DeJounte's back. It's not all about that. Just a, just a quick warning. Trey Young did have a trip to the locker room, but returned 18-4-12 with three steals. Didn't hit a three, which is weird. It was a good game from the Baptist. 
Johnny Collins had 19, 5, and 3, two blocks and three threes. He'd been quite down over the last week or so. Good bounce back. Also a really good game from Capella. 23 minutes, 16 and 6 with a steal and a block. 23 was his minutes limit. Um, I'd expect 25 to 26 next game, and I'd expect that we're ready to move on from Anyeka Okongwu. And Okongwu's game's not bad. 11 and 5, 25 minutes with a block. Not bad. But as you'll see in this show, a lot of injuries happened, and there might be some significant waiver options that we can grab. So while Okongwu might be fine for next game, he might be useless in two games' time. So often we have to make that hard decision to grab someone and sacrifice someone like an Okongwu so he's officially on note. There's another guy we'll talk about in a second. He's officially a guy that moves into the droppable area. That if you do need to move on, it might blow up. Maybe Capella doesn't ever get back to full minutes or gets injured again next game, or they stay in a 24-minute split. Unlikely. Maybe that all happens. It seems really unlikely. The probability would be in two games' time, and Yekka's playing 21 minutes a night, he's not a 12-team league guy. So the opportunity to add the players who replace the potential injured guys is dead after a couple of hours. Bogdanovich, 33 minutes, still a buy-low opportunity because the shots aren't falling. 12-3 and 5 with two threes. And DeAndre Hunter, he did get into foul trouble, but this is DeAndre Hunter, isn't it? 11-2-2, two two, no steals, no blocks. This is why we don't buy him. This is why we don't believe in him as a 12-team league category player. And while there was a little hot streak, it was great. We used it, and now we say, Jack Armstrong. Get that garbage out of here! On the Mavs, Dorian Finney-Smith returned. Tim Hardaway was out. Finney-Smith played 35 minutes in his first game back from a groin strain. Yikes. Um... It's not uh, not ideal. Neither is, neither is the line. Nine and nine on nine shots. Don't add him in 12-team leagues. Powell started, played 22 minutes. I don't think he will start when Hardaway returns. Bullock, Reggie Bullock, top 100 over the last week. I know. I can't believe it either. 18 points, four threes. Don't buy it. It's on elite shooting, 64%. It's a three-point streamer. I don't buy it at all. The Crucifix played 35 minutes. Christian Wood, 22 and nine. Four assists, a steal, two blocks. Unbelievably good numbers there. And Doncic had 30 and four with eight assists. Oh, stunning. Yeah. Dinwiddie, 20 and four, seven assists. Good numbers from him. Again, missed both his free throws. Well, Jaden Hardy, who Jason Kidd said, no, nah, mate, he's going to be in rotation. What are you talking about? Nah, he still get minutes. Four. Four he played. And when Tim Hardaway is going to come back, and it's very hard to see him maintaining huge minutes. Joshy Green also returned. Nine points in 20 minutes, maintaining the elite shooting numbers that he somehow had all season. We don't need to worry too much about Josh Green for the vast majority of fantasy leagues. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. But not only is it a protein bar with good protein, because protein is important in a protein bar, these taste great. They taste like candy bars. And the secret is 100% real chocolate. You might want to grab a treat and go, oh, bloody hell, this candy bar. It seems good. Well, I wouldn't say that because I don't call them candy bars. I'd say a chocolate bar. But it doesn't matter what I call it because it's the same thing. But it's so high in fat. It's so high in calories. It's not doing anything good for me. Built Bar is. But I don't have to say that anymore because I've got my Built Bar. So I go grab one. I go, yes, this is what fills the void in my stomach for that delicious treat that's also high in protein and low in calories. And instead of ordering off Built.com, if Walmart existed here, I could just walk into a Walmart, go down to the pharmacy section and grab a four-bar box. I can get it in cookies and cream. I can get it in double chocolate. And I can get it in coconut puffs. But also at Sam's Club, they've got 13 bar boxes and different flavors over there. Brownie batter and churro. So get them from built.com or go to Walmart or go to Sam's Club and order yourself boxes of Built Bar. Built Bar is built different. Second game. The Wizards. On the road, knock off the New York Knicks, 
116-105, the final score. Beal returned, played 29 minutes, 18-4-4. So what we really wanted to see is what happens to Beal, or what happens when Beal returns to Morris and Dillon Wright. And the result is, I don't really know what to say. Dillon played 22 minutes and had an absolute perler, 11-5-4, two steals and two blocks. I think he's a 12-team league option. Now, he is really a steals specialist. So if you are needing steals, I highly endorse Dillon Wright as a 12-team ad. If you don't need steals, like these two blocks, the 11 points, it's not realistic, but he's moving into a 12-team area for sure. And Monte Morris had 13, 7, and 5 in 31 minutes, which is actually really good. Now, he had only 13% usage. I'm a little bit skeptical about Morris. Would I have Dillon Wright over Monte Morris? I probably would, yeah. Um, Kispert went to the bench. He's terrible. Gafford, this is the one that we want to talk about. Do we, oh, do we warm it up? Jack, do we warm it up? I think we do. Get that garbage out of here! I like Gafford still as a player, but 17 minutes isn't going to cut it. Six and two are still on a block. They're going away from the two big lineups. So you move away as well. Bye-bye, Daniel. They played Denny Avdia 29 minutes. Do I buy this? No, because he played like 18 minutes last game. 14 and seven. Now, Avdia should get these minutes every single game, but he doesn't. He's one to watch, just in case. Now, there's a lot of talk today about Rui Hachimura getting traded. And for some reason, everybody loves Rui Hachimura. I actually like the guy as a bloke. I've got no problem with him. But you don't need to stash Rui Hachimura in case he gets traded because he is not very good. Zero points, 20 minutes, 0 of 7 shooting, one rebound, one assist. In a points league, if he found himself in a 33-minute-a-night starters role, I would add him in 12 team leagues. In a category league, I'm not even sure he would. He's a worse DeAndre Hunter. He's a way worse RJ Barrett. Way worse. He's just not a very good fantasy player. So irrespective of getting traded or trade rumors or whatever, he's not very good. And we saw that illustrated absolutely perfectly today. Kuzma, 27, 13, and 7. Great game from him, although the percentages are a real problem. And then Porzingis had 22, 11, two blocks, and four threes. He continues to just be really, really good. Porzingis. He's the uh, 22nd ranked player this season, Porzingis. I was drafting him in a lot of spots in like round three, round four, with a lot of risk and say, well, he's a top 20 upside guy, but I don't know, I don't know. It's worked out pretty well so far. Knock on wood. We hope that it's able to continue at this level for the Knicks. Jalen Brunson, again, just on a huge roll. He is probably a little bit of a sell high because he's just putting up just big numbers continually. 32 points here, four assists, two steals on 31 usage, while the double royal, Julius Randle, Again, the counting stats are fine. 14, 15, and 4. But 35 from the field is yuck. 2 of 5 from the line is disgusting. And he does that often. Speaking of doing it often from the line, RJ Barrett, or from the field. 21 and 7 for RJ. No threes, but 43 from the field and 75 from the line. Not a bad night from RJ. 38 minutes. What about Emmanuel Quickly? Last game we saw him play 21 minutes. Well, this one he played 32. So we have no idea. 18 and 5, two threes. A steal. It makes him a fringe 12-team league player. And Quentin Grimes, well, he was like average-ish. This briefcase and this haircut. 14 points, three threes, 50% shooting. The same problem rears its head. When you're a low usage player, you've got to get by by doing other stuff consistently well. And I'm not sure he does it consistently well enough to be a must roster player. In a points league, really clearly, no. If you have Quentin Grimes in a 12-team points league, you do not need to do that and you can jack him off. In a 12-team category league, it's totally okay to move on. And now we've buried the big story here from the Knicks, and that's Mitch Robinson. And the 
Which Robinson says, I'll take it from here. Now, Robinson left the game after nine minutes. He had two steals and two blocks. In, ha- in fact, he had an ultimate Richie Benno. Two for two, two, two. Two rebounds, two steals, two blocks, and literally no other stats. He did miss all four free throws, which is sick. Um, played nine minutes with a, a thumb sprain. Now, a thumb sprain might be six weeks out. It might be one game missed like DeMontis Sabonis, or that was more of a fracture. Um, Kevin Love missed like two games. He's been dreadful ever since. But thumb sprains can cost you no time. It could cost you multiple weeks. I don't know. What I do know is that with the way that Isaiah Hartenstein's playing, and I was a really big fan of Hartenstein, as you're well aware, but he's been bad for weeks. He started off the season playing well for two weeks, and he's been dreadful since. I wouldn't add him. I don't even care that Robinson said I wouldn't add him. I'd be more inclined to add um, Jericho Sims. You just made the list. He played 21 minutes. He had two blocks, four rebounds. If I'm looking for blocks and boards, Sims is on the watch list because I just don't know the status of Robinson, but I'm not rushing with other options out there. I'm not rushing to add Sims, and I'm definitely not rushing to add Isaiah Hartenstein. Pacers got smacked by the Thunder, 126-106, the final score for Indiana. Isaiah Jackson went from one minute to being the backup again, 17 minutes for him, 11-7. and seven. Not much else, but 11-7 and seven in 17 minutes. That's, that's positive. Now, have I any idea of what's going to happen moving forward? Well, the one thing I do know, Jalen Smith is bad. He's terrible. I can't believe they promised him a starting gig, and now he's the third-string center. Agents, man. There's a lot of power in those blokes. Imagine fighting with an agent to, to promise Jalen Smith a starting job. Like, if an agent comes to me and goes, man, you've got to promise him a starting job. Right? <laughs> See you later, mate. Go get a starting job playing for Melbourne United. What are you talking about? You're not that good to be making these demands, unless... And I don't know who it is. Unless the guy that represents Jalen Smith represents someone else more important on this team. Might be something to watch. Um, the minutes distribution here is not representative because they got smacked. We got 20 minutes of Miles Turner. He had six blocks, but they just were smacked so early on. Timothy John McConnell. Actually, that's, that is representative for Tim. 10 points, six assists, two steals. Obviously never going to do what he did the last game, but that's still useful and he's a 12-team league player. And finally, finally the Andrew Nembhard game came. 18-5 and 7, two steals, two threes. Both players, Nempard and McConnell. McConnell, the preference over Nempard. Both guys are 12-team league players. Matherin is not. 13 points in 22 minutes. Duarte is not. 11-5 and 3. That's not a bad line. Oh, actually, sorry. I completely got derailed. Back to Isaiah Jackson. We're, what, two weeks, two and a half weeks away from the trade deadline? This is luxury stash territory. I don't know if Miles Turner is getting traded. I'd assume that he isn't getting traded. But if he is, this is a top 50 potential player sitting here. And we are at the stage, especially if you're top half of, half of standings, and if he's going to play 17 minutes a night, yes, we add him absolutely. As I said the other day, when we added him, all those people that dropped him, they're either, they weren't in the position or they weren't considering him as a stash. That is the value. He was never going to have consistent 12-team league value when Turner played. You added him because it was a little bit of value, but you also just said, oh, this is interesting. And we see what happens as we get to the deadline. And that's exactly where we sit now. You'll get some zeros. You'll get some shit games. You'll get some big games. And then once the deadline's passed, you move on. If it is not starting, of course. Um, Yeah, I think we can jack Aaron Neesmith off. Get that garbage out of here! Much like his former teammate, Romeo Langford, historically, he's been a terrible per 36 fantasy player. He had about a five or six game stretch here in Indiana where he was like, oh, maybe where he was shooting really well and getting good steals, and he's the starter, and he had nine points in 18 minutes. And he's the 361st ranked player over the last week, and he's 202nd for the season. I feel really comfortable about saying, I don't even care if you play better than this, because I'm not missing out on much. I can't deal with this bullshit while other options are around there. Buddy Heald had three points in 19 minutes. Again, 
not too much of a worry. For the Thunder, I had him on the list yesterday. Deep league streamers, Isaiah Joe. 23 points, seven triples, two steals, and a block 22 minutes. And I don't know how comfortable I am in, in saying it. I, I, fucking, I am comfortable. He's a better player than Trey Mann. I think he's a better prospect than Trey Mann. He's playing more minutes than Trey Mann. You look at him, him and George Niang are the two guys who are widely available, available everywhere, that when you're looking for two or three threes, you stream them in. If you're not looking for anything else, look, it might not work, but even if they score seven points, it's going to come because they hit two threes. So if you want threes, these are the guys that are just available everywhere. Throw Reggie Bullock into that mix as well. They're not always going to do everything, but they're always an option. Great bounce back from the Oklahoma City mudflap, Kenridge Williams as well. 12-5 and 10-1, steal two blocks, two threes. Unbelievable game. Someone said to me in the middle of this game, man, Kenridge is a must-add, yeah? No, he's not. He's been solid enough to be a 14-team league guy, a stream 12, but there's too much up and down in his individual game performance, in his individual game-to-game role, to consider him anywhere near a must-add player in my mind. The Bronco Jalen Williams, well, he is a must-roster player. Broncos country, let's ride. 11-6-6, six six, four steals and a block. And there's, I think there's more upside in Jalen, to be honest, because I think the shooting can actually stabilize more. Shea wasn't at his very best, 23-3-6 with three steals, but Giddy was. 16-6-11, a steal and a block, he fouled out. He's been unbelievable, like literally unbelievable. Top 25 over the last week. And it's not on shit that you go, yeah, that's no chance of happening. He's been, he's been good. He's improved his efficiency out of sight. Maybe it's one of those ones where we saw you know, off-season workouts and we saw Giddy splashing threes and on the movement um, pull-ups and you go, oh, what? And you go, oh, no, there's no way. I looked at it and went, okay, all right, cool, I don't care. Maybe I should have cared. But again, the hit rate of those is about one out of 50, but it worked out for this one. Aaron Wiggins had 10 points in 26 minutes, so he'll probably play zero minutes next game. And that bench continues to be uh, a disaster in terms of predicting fantasy value out of it because of the way that it seemingly changes every single game. Today's episode is also brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline is your number one source for sports betting info, news, stats, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for professional sports, amateur sports like the NFL, the NBA, and college basketball. It's all there at betonline.net. We've got the divisional round for the NFL playoffs where the 49ers are three and a half point favorites. The Bills have actually pushed out to five and a half point favorites. They were five point favorites earlier today. So things are moving in the direction of the Bills as they look to beat the um, Bengals. And the Chiefs have actually pushed out a half point as well, out to minus nine against the Jags. All of, all of the information is there. It's the fastest and easiest way to get that betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online is where the game starts. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. The Grizzlies beat the Cavs. Really close game, 115-114. Really, really strong. And this was um, yeah, really solid performances from a lot of stars on this team. There was no Donovan Mitchell. So we saw, as has happened so many times, Dracaris Levert step up. Dracarys. 42 minutes, 23, 4, and 6, a steal on a block. Four threes. He fits fantastically next to Garland or Mitchell. He fits shithouse next to both of them. This is canon now. It's established. Don't go against it. It's not, we're not talking expanded universe fantasy basketball here. This is canonical. Levert's a great ad when one's out. He's a shit ad when they're both in. Evan Mobley. 39 minutes, 18, 15, one steal, two blocks. One of the concerns we had with Mobley in the offseason was, how does he take a step forward usage-wise? And I think that's played out. But I think it, and I've probably been guilty of this as well, saying that oh, it's a bit disappointing, some of the second-year guys. He's been unbelievable defensively. It doesn't really show up always in the box scores, but his play has been unbelievable. It just hasn't translated into a big fantasy jump. It was a good game here, though. 
Garland had 24, 5, and 14. Really strong run from him, while Allen had 14 and 8. And we've got to shout out Isaac Okoro, because he's been bad. We know this for years. 17 points, 4 threes, 2 blocks. Great. All right, this is great. Top 100 player over the last week. I would not add him in 12-team leagues. I'd consider it in 14-team leagues if Mitchell is out, because, again... I tweeted this out, and this is no not no offense to, to the guys that, that talk about this, but when we talk about like teams and people celebrating things, like Evan Damerell, host of Locked on Cavs, tweeted out, yeah, since January 1st, Isaac Okoro is shooting 63% from three. And people look at that and go, yeah, man, he's on fire. And I look at that and they go, oh, that means all this shit's fake. Like, there's no way. Like, it's just fake. It means it's going to drop off, it's going to normalize, and he's going to shoot 25% for another six games, and he's going to be a disaster. And then he's going to lose playing time because the shots aren't falling. That's how I look at it. I don't look at that and go, man, he's, he's in a groove because I know the grooves have no way of sticking. There's zero chance that Isaac Okoro remains a 60% three-point shooter. None. Absolutely zero. And he hit all of his shots in this game. And again, it boosts everything up. And then when you boost, when you're hitting shots, coaches lean on you for more minutes and everything looks better. And that's where we are with Okoro. That's great. But if you add him today, you don't get this game. You don't get this game added onto your um, scores retroactively. You don't get it. So understand that he's on a massive heater and it's going to cool off. It's going to cool all the way off. It's, it's like dipping your balls in a glass of iced water. It's going to shrivel. All right. It's just not going to be there. I don't want to do it because I like him, but Ricky Rubio. Get that garbage out of here. He's just not a 12 team league guy. He is actively hurting your team. And while we can talk luxury stashes, I just don't think there's a 27 minute, 25 minute role here for Rubio. It's going to require a long term injury for Mitchell, and it's going to be a month away at least. I, just, I, I don't see it. For the Grizz, Des Bain, that buy low is done. 25, 4 and 4, 5 threes. Jaron Jackson, 15 and 7, 2 steals, 4 blocks. How is this guy this good? I don't even think there's a sell high on Jaron Jackson. Steve Adams, 13 and 10, great. Santi Aldama hit everything. 75%, 16 points, 4 threes. He's been a solid 16-team league guy coming off the bench. Why is Brandon Clark, though, still rostered in 50% of leagues? What are we doing? Three steals and a block is nice from Clark, but there's no way he needs to be rostered in this many leagues. It's overkill. It's not necessary. Jar had a trip to the locker room, but ended up with 33 minutes, 24-2-8. A bit rough from the line, and he didn't hit any threes. That hurts his overall fantasy production, but that's fine. Well, Dylan Brooks, he was great. Clutch performance. Eight points on 33% shooting with no threes and no assists. It's the Dylan Brooks, right? Where he has on-court impact and then looks disgusting in the box score. You do not have to have Dylan Brooks on a 12-team roster. Tyus Jones is in there as a luxury stash. Two points, 18 minutes. We know the value. Jars out. Jones steps up. Jars in. Jones struggles unless it's a blowout. It is, again, canon. We know this. We know it to be true. The next game that we take a look at, the Miami Heat. And the Pelicans blow out. Heat win at 124.98. And Kyle Lowry, he returned. Double cheeked up on a Thursday afternoon. Um, yeah. Lowry played 22 minutes, had seven points. Eight rebounds, four assists. 22 minutes is not a real expectation rest of the season, but everything else was pretty good. So I do think he's a 12-team hold. You can still hold Vincent. 26 minutes, 16, five and three with four threes. But again, when we talk like a Kongwu, the value is just going to tail off and Vincent's not going to be a 12-team league guy maybe in three days, maybe in a week. I don't know. I don't know what to make of this for Max Strews. 27 minutes, 16 points with 10 assists. The 10 assists, like that's nothing. Like that's not, like, I mean, it's not nothing. It's great. But I don't look at this and go, well, Max Strews point guard. I, I, it's not. Like it's a fluke. It's nothing to care about. And someone is going to lose out a lot when Larry's minutes come up. Today, it was Oladipo. 25 minutes, 7 points. 5 rebounds, 4 assists. 
that is troubling. For as good as Oladipo has been, he's 119th this season. And if he's playing 25 minutes a night, I don't actually want anything to do with him in a 12-team league. But I'm not dropping him. I'll hold and we'll see what happens. But part of my concern with Oladipo in the offseason was he's injured. I don't know what he's going to bring. I don't know when he's going to come back. Plus, there's Struis, there's Hero, there's Vincent, there's Lowry. All those guys. And they've all been a mix of in and out. And that's helped Oladipo. But if they settle in healthy and Vic plays 25, I don't care about him in a 12-team league. I will hold for now. Caleb Martin played a lot, 35 minutes, 10 points with three steals. Bam had 26 and 8, and Butler had 18, 3 and 7, while Hero was a little bit quiet, 14, 4 and 7 in 24 minutes. For the Pals, no Ingram, shock, no Zion, no Herb. So what happened to Larry Nance? Oh yeah, he had two points in 17 minutes. You do not have to roster Larry Nance. In fact, I actively suggest that you don't roster Larry Nance until at least Zion is back. McCollum had 21, 2 and 4. Balanchunas, 18 and 10. Najee had 12, 5, and 4, and Murphy had 5, 3, and 3. Bad game from Trey. But honestly, all of our valuations on these guys stay the same. Najee's fine in 12s. Trey's fine in 12s. Jose's an interesting streamer. He hit three threes. Here, Valanchunas' value is up. He's always going to be a sell high, looking towards the fantasy playoffs. Um, nothing really changes at all. They got their ass kicked. A bunch of players were out, and they all did sort of what we expect in terms of production, but more importantly, in terms of playing time. Next up, we look at the uh, Charlotte Hornets and the Houston Rockets. And in this game, there were definitely some um, injury concerns. Definitely some injury concerns here. Let's start on the Charlotte side. They win 122-117, but LaMelo Ball sprained his ankle. Um, PJ Washington landed on it. The same ankle that he's missed time with twice already this season. He had to be helped to the locker room. I will come out and say this now. There is no way that LaMelo Ball is playing this week. I would say there's no way he's playing next week. I would expect this is a minimum one week, probably minimum two week, to be honest, maybe a month-long injury. Now, you're going to ask, oh, is this a shutdown risk? I don't care. I, I, I will refuse to answer any shutdown questions at any point because it's just not something we can predict. Is someone going to be out for the rest of the season? I don't know. Shutdown gets bandied about. It gets overused. It gets overvalued. It gets overanalyzed. It's bullshit. All right, is LaMelo Ball's third injury on this ankle, which looked really serious, could he be out for two and a half months? Absolutely, he could be. Is it a fake injury that I knew it? I knew it, I knew it. You didn't know it. He got injured significantly. We saw the injury. We saw how bad it was. I don't know if he's going to be out the rest of the season. I'm going to wait for a diagnosis on his ankle. All right, that's... He's come back twice already from it. I'm going to wait on it. But it's going to be not great. So your priority is adding Dennis Smith Jr., now, it gets a little bit complicated when Gordon Haywood returns. If Gordon, Sorry, if the doubtful king himself, Gordon Haywood, who's been doubtful for eight games in a row and ruled out every one of them, just rule the old bastard out for two weeks with a hamstring injury. I don't know how. It's so obvious. Gordon, ha Gordon Haywood hurt his hamstring. Oh, that's going to be two weeks. Ah, you're kidding, Josh. Who, who are you talking about? It's doubtful for eight games in a row. It's definitely not out for two weeks, which we already knew when it happened. Dickheads. Um, but with he returns then they could just start Rogier at point guard and have Haywood and McDaniels play the two and the three. Smith would still get 26 off the bench, but he wouldn't get 32 as a starter. I don't care. I add Smith. Look, LaMelo might be fine and play next game. He won't be. But he might be. He won't be. He might be. That's a possibility. We don't know that at this point. But I don't actually care. If he is miraculously available, then, oh, well, I took a swing and it didn't work out. I dropped Smith. Dennis played 29 minutes. He had nine points on 25%. Yeah, he stinks as a shooter. But he had seven assists and a steal. Let me reiterate this again. Dennis Smith is your ad. You go and add Dennis Smith. You go and add him. If you want to drop Dan Gafford, if you want to drop Onyekara Kongwu, you do it. You do it. You want to drop a steady presence like Contavious Colroy Pope, you do it to get someone like Smith. 
Jalen McDaniels, 12 points with five steals and a three, which is good. A lot of people asking, what does this do for Terry Rozier? My question would be, why does it matter? Why does it matter? Um, and I, I say that to be a smart ass, but also just for a couple of reasons. Like, you're not adding him. He's not in the waiver wire. You're not dropping him. Are you looking to sell high or buy low? And the reason, what I, what I look at this and go, there are three things that could happen here. That's not true. There are, there are, there are three things that could be influenced here with, with ball out with Rozier. Usage goes up. Let's lock that in as a 98% chance of happening. Assist rate goes up. Let's lock that in as a 92% chance of happening. Numbers, straight again, pulled out of my anus. Like that's where they're coming from. But let's, like, they're every, you don't listen to those numbers and go, oh, they sound stupid. All right, 98% chance of more usage, 92% chance of more assists. The next question is, oh, well, with Lamello, does his field goal percentage go down? Maybe. There are plenty of examples of players being in situations where they've got better teammates and their field goal percentage doesn't change, Rogier's numbers were always likely to improve. They just happened to improve when Lamelo returned. Does that is that proof that he only can shoot a good percentage when Lamelo is there? No, it isn't. It it isn't. Right? Could it mean that's the case? Maybe. But I know that it's a 98% chance. I don't because I made that number up. You know what I mean? It's a 98% chance of more usage. There's a 92% chance of more assists. Do I know that there's a 90% chance of lower field goal? No, I'd put it at maybe 60%. So two positives, maybe one negative. More certain on the positives, less certain on the negatives. Sounds like a win. But again, it also doesn't matter that much because you're not adding Rozier or dropping Rozier. I don't think. Maybe you are. I don't think you are. PJ Washington, 16 and 8, three steals, three blocks. Love that. The over five from the line is disgusting, but everything else was great. Now he really did start to take off when Lamelo returned. He's more at risk to me than what Rozier is but I still think that he can be okay. So a lot of stuff happening there. And I haven't even got to the two guys in the middle. The cockroach Mason Plumley, 17 and nine with three steals, pretty good. But how about this guy? Oh, hi, Mark. Thanks for making it annoying. 19 minutes for Mark Williams, 17 and six with five blocks and 80%. Now the last time he blew up was against a terrible team, the Thunder, who were playing bad at that point. They're really good now. Um, and this one's against the Rockets, another terrible team. But the fact that he's back as the backup center puts him, puts him firmly on the stash list. People ask my stash list all the time. There are three people on it. It's Isaiah Jackson, it's Mark Williams, it's Zach Collins. They're the three guys that I'd feel okay about stashing up until the deadline. Do I think Plumlee's getting traded? No, my default position is going to be always no. I don't think anyone is getting traded. And the guys that you expect to get traded don't, and the guys you don't expect to get traded do. This is how stuff usually works in the NBA. But I'll put him on a stash list because... He's at least getting minutes now, and that's a productive line. So if you want to add him, like I wouldn't bother holding Jackson and Williams. I'd prioritize Jackson over Williams, but they're both really good options. And we might get dicked hard. It's possible, but they're good numbers. And then we had the situation in Houston. We've talked so much about the disappointments of Jalen Green this season. Well, he had 41 points in 40 minutes with seven assists and four threes. Now, still no defensive stats, and his shooting was unbelievable, 67%. It's just great to get a big turnaround game like that. Is this the beginning? I'm not ready to say that. Give me 10 in a row, and then I'll say it's the beginning of something. But he is still remaining a guy that you've probably got to punt field goals, and he should be rostered for that reason. Um, I know Steven Silas should still be fired, but we're finally here. 50 games in, but we're here. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. 39 minutes for Shengun, 24, 12, and 6, two steals and a block. He's 13th ranked player over the last week. Is it 
is how unrealistic is it for him to be a top 20 player rest of the season? If I'd had this conversation three weeks ago, I would have said 0%. Now I look at it and go, well, actually, it's not, it's not crazy. It's not insane. I don't think he can maintain 39 minutes a night, but it's, it's looking good. I, I don't know why it took this guy this long to understand this, but here we are. There was no KJ Martin, so Kenyon Martin... No, sorry, there was no K... Fuck, what am I talking about? There was no Kevin Porter Jr., so KJ Martin started. 11-7 and seven with three threes. He's producing good value. Now, the other injury that happened here was Jabari Smith. The injury didn't, wasn't as bad as Lamelo Ball, but he did sprain his ankle and did not return. That was at the start of the third quarter, and immediately they brought Tari Eason. And went, let's go. Tari Eason's been playing power forward all season. That's why we're not seeing him on the court next to Smith. We're going to get good minutes. And Eason plays 19 minutes. Fuck. 19 minutes. So just the same as always. And they ended up closing the game with long-term future prospect stud, 27-year-old Jason Tate. So I would have loved the opportunity for Eason to start and develop chemistry with Shingun and Porter and Green, but maybe not. So would I add Tate? No, I wouldn't add Eason either at this point, but I would consider it. And Smith's injury didn't appear that severe. As for Jabari, 8-5 and five in 23 minutes. If Jabari's out for a week, drop him. Like He's not producing good enough to be held through injury anyway. But I don't know if there's any clear path here for Eason. What might happen is that it just keeps um, KJ Martin at 30 minutes while Porter returns, keeping KJ in the 12-team league discussions. But it's just annoying that we've been keeping Eason as the backup four all season. You're the backup four, you're the backup four, you can't possibly play the three, you're the backup four, you're the backup four. The starting four goes down or we'll play someone else. Seriously. There's only three players with positive advanced numbers on this team using Raptor and EPM. It's Shingun, it's Kevin Porter Jr., and it's Tari Eason. Took a while to get Shingun there. I don't know if we're going to get Eason there. I don't know if we are. I hope we are. I don't know that we are. The next game was a uh, beatdown by the Jazz over the Clippers, who are... They stink, the Clippers. 126 Utah, 103. The Clippers, no Paul George, no Kawhi Leonard, no Luke Kennard. In this game. So, like I talked about yesterday, I do not believe in Norman Powell long term rest of season, but if you have him, you don't drop him because of this game. He started 30 points in 30 minutes with seven threes. And what we know this about Norman Powell he can be really good if he gets minutes and usage and the efficiency is there because he doesn't do anything else no steals, no blocks, four rebounds, three assists. But he can't get 30 minutes tonight, he can't get 28 usage when these players are healthy. We saw it last game, he scored 16 points. The game obscures that. He had six points in the final 50 seconds of the game to push him up to that number. Like if he's a 24-minute night player scoring 12 points, you want nothing to do with him. And the same goes for Marcus Morris, although he stunk here as well. I would very comfortably drop Marcus Morris in 12s as well. So use this. You've got a window here to sell Norman Powell to anyone who wants to give you any sort of value back, I think. There's fine. It's fine when these guys are out, but when they're healthy, it's not there. And he'll be in and out. He'll be up and down. There were four rotation players out here. And yes, John Wall's not going to be back for a while. But the other three could be back next game. Stinker from Terrence Mann. 26 minutes, two points, five assists. I would still think he's a soft hold in 12s. Covington played 19 minutes, 25 minutes for coffee. Batum had 11 points with three threes. He's a stream on days like this as well. Well, Zubats played 26 minutes and 15 and 12. But overall, they were just terrible. And whatever you see here is going to be complicated by the fact that George is going to come back and play 32 and Kawhi is going to play 37 next game. And maybe you get 20 minutes at a canard. So everything changes. So what you see here, a good game from Powell, a solid game from Batum, great numbers from um, Zubats. Um, 
it means Covington getting 20 minutes means nothing in the future. It doesn't mean a single thing. But the Jazz, Larry Markinen, like he's legitimately a beast. Now, I honestly, no, I, I was big on him, right? I was big on him and was I, you know, did I influence people to draft him? Probably a little bit. I don't know. I don't know if I was the only one that was high on him. I had him like in the 60s or 70s around that mark. And he was ADP was 120. All right, so I, I was drafting him in lots of spots. I cannot sit here and lie to you and tell you that I thought he'd be this good, the 16th best player, fourth over the last week. He had 34 and 12, six threes, a steal and two blocks. He, he's out there, like he detonates on blokes' heads. Like, who is this guy? And again, it's a reminder that people will use this and go, well, we, we, saw, we knew it, Josh. We saw it in Eurobasket, right? We saw it in Eurobasket. Yeah, okay. Also had people telling me that Tyler Dorsey was going to start for the Mavs because they saw that in Eurobasket too. How'd that work out? Right? We see big steps up in certain situations and sometimes it's great. And it was great from Lowry. But it doesn't, there's no correlation to it. There's no one-to-one of like, you're a big Eurobasket, you're going to be big in the NBA. It doesn't work that way. How good is Dennis Schroeder in Eurobasket? Dominated. How good is he in the NBA this season? Yeah, like exactly. Right? So, and a lot of these times, we often would just use the positive example to push that point. Well, we saw it, Josh. And then next time you're a song, remember Larry Markkinen? Remember Larry Markkinen? When some other spud like Georgios Kaladzakis drops 50 in a Eurobasket game. Maybe, Josh, we saw it for Markkinen, right? And they're different quality of players, obviously. But it's always just important to remember, yeah, there's that. And then there's the other stuff. There's the other stuff. Um, Conley, 17-4-9 with five threes. Impressive, 12-team league guy, obviously. Walker Kessler, I got this question a lot, right? 28 minutes for Walker Kessler, 13-11, one steal, two blocks. Um, they go, well, Josh, how's he, what do you think his minutes are going to be like when they get healthy? There is one player out and it's Kelly Link, and I don't think it impacts him at all. I honestly don't think it impacts him at all. This is a game that Kelly Linick's out, and Vanderbilt played 17 minutes. All right, Vanderbilt played 17 minutes. Beasley played 27 minutes. They... Unless they have to, they don't like to play Kessler and Vanderbilt together. I think that Kessler starts. Like, if they're happy to give Vanderbilt just 17 minutes in a game without Linux, they'd be more than happy to give him just 15 minutes in a game where Linux plays, I feel. I have no compunction about looking at Kessler and saying he's a 28-minute, at least, guy rest of the season. I can't see how you can watch him do this and say, yeah, we'll go back to 24 minutes of Vanderbilt and 15 minutes of Kessler. There's no way you can look at this. I don't even know it affects Olenek that much because, again, they don't want to play Kessler and Vanderbilt together if they have to. And when you've got two other options like Markin and Olenek, then you don't have to play them together ever. And Kessler's clearly winning this. Clearly, He's won it. It's, I, I think it's done. He's won it. It's over. So, obviously, Kessler's a must-roster player. If he's not rostered in your league, like figure your shit out. He's a clear must-roster player. This is, I believe, a top 60 player at minimum rest of season. So even if you're in a stupid league with a four-center limit, and I'm sorry, a four-center league a limit is stupid, even if you're in one of those leagues, this is a top 60 player. I feel pretty... Like, he's top 30, at top 25 over the last week. I feel pretty good about him being, at, well, at the very worst, top 75. So he's got to be rostered. Beasley had 13 points with three threes. Remains that stream. Colin Sexton is not. 11 points, a steal and a block. I don't really like Colin Sexton as a... Um, fantasy value players said millions of times. He's a bit like Norman Powell. He needs a lot of minutes and a lot of the ball in his hands, and he's not going to get either of those things with the way this team is currently constructed. And I don't think you blow up the team to give more opportunities to Sexton. The man on the street, Jordan Clarkson, 
played 31 minutes. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. 16-2-4. And Agbaji got his 21 again, but yeah, last game we knew was fluky with the shooting. And when he doesn't shoot, well, actually, that's not true. He shot well. The, those, the numbers aren't replicable. Four points on 100%. The minutes are there, but we're not adding in 12 or 14, maybe 16. Because I like the role there. It's ahead of Alexander Walker. It's ahead of Horton Tucker, who's a garbage time legend at the moment. It's ahead of Rudy Gay. But it's not enough to impact the vast, vast majority of fantasy leagues. But the big takeaway here to me is Kessler's won it. He's ahead of Vanderbilt. And I don't think Olenek impacts it. I don't think it does. I think that Olenek comes back and impacts like Agbaji and Gay and those sort of peripheral players and Beasley and Sexton maybe, not Kessler. I think they view him that well, that highly, and they are that impressed with his um, speed of improving his game that he's going to start and play minimum 25, minimum a night from here on out. And we'll, we'll reassess it, and I'll come back and say if I was wrong, but that's how I'm seeing it at the moment. All right, look at the next one. The Nuggets didn't play particularly well in this game, but they still win it. 122-118. Kyle Anderson was amazing. 30, not 30, not 30, 34 minutes, 13 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists, 4 steals, and a block. He's a great 12-team league guy. Great 12-team league guy. Should be rostered in 12-team leagues. Jaden McDaniel said 18 with 3 blocks. Pretty strong game. While Nas Reed got into foul trouble, but still played 26 minutes, had 17 points with 3 blocks. They play again tomorrow. I've got no idea whether Gobert is going to play, but you still hold Nas Reed. And then we figure it out later on. Good game from Torian Prince. In fact, really good game. 32 minutes, 14 and 4, a steal, a block, two threes. He's at least in the 12-team stream discussion. Anthony Edwards struggled a bit with the shot. 16 and 9, a steal, and a block. 41 from the field's bad. 67 from the line's not too good either. His hip is really bothering him, it seems. Uh, and that's a concern. We can't really do anything with it in fantasy, but it's a concern. Well, D'Angelo Russell, yeah, yeah. 13 points, 7 assists, definitely not a great game from him. He's had so many weird moments this season of you know, great performances, then stinking performances, and now back to stinking again, and Kyle Anderson's taking the ball out of his hands, and he's just not that good. Again, I don't think that D'Angelo Ross is a starting point guard in two seasons' time. I just don't think he is. I think that drop-off's going to be pretty severe. In a deeper league, Luca Garza, 16 points on 9 shots. He played 17 minutes as the backup. Of course, he's still the fourth string center and requires two other centers to be out. But two other centers are currently out. So that gives him that, some of that value for deeper formats. For the Broncos. This guy's ridiculous. Like 31, 11, and 13. At least he wasn't 100% shooting, but 60% from the field, 100 from the line. Great. The headmaster, Jamal Murray, 28, 2, and 4 with two steals. Love the volume, love the efficiency. He's really starting to get into form now. And this was on a back-to-back. While KCP had 11 points with three steals, just always doing little things. Never big stuff, just always little stuff, which is fine in like a roto format. It's not that great in a head-to-head format. He's fine to roster, he's fine to not. Michael Porter Jr. struggled, just 22 minutes for four points on 17%. We still hold him, but that long, that upside I don't really think is there. Unfortunately, when Bruce Brown with uh, Porter struggling, played 33 minutes. 16, 5, and 4 for Brown. Struggled from the line, 1 of 5 there. But uh, good numbers nonetheless. We hold him. We don't hold the five-minute man, Bones Highland. Nine points in 19 minutes, while Gordon had 12 and 3. The last game, the Kings get the win on the road against the Lakers without Sabonis. 116-111, of course, because it was a Lakers game. There was weird stuff at the end. There was a three that brought them to within one point and then they committed a clear path foul and then that pushed it out to 16 to 116 to 111 despite being a one-point game with about three seconds left. 
The Kings won 16. They started with Sean Holmes. 31 minutes. Now, they didn't have the opportunity of starting Sabonis Light, Alex Len. Which, remember last time Sabonis missed and they went to Alex Len, a bloke who never, ever plays? Well, this time they went to Holmes and he responded well. 16-11, perfect 100% shooting. Sabonis is only out for illness. I don't think that we need to rush to grab Holmes. But, of course, if Sabonis is out again, then Holmes is that guy. Metu had six points with two blocks in 17 minutes. While we talked a lot on one show about Trey Lyle saying, hey, hey, it's not, not happening. It's not sticking. 10-6, and six, no defensive stats, no assists. His efficiency was still good, but it was never going to stick. It was an absolutely fine opportunity to stream him with Sabonis out, but he's not any sort of long-term 12-team league option. We also talked about the pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. And 40 minutes and 20 points is good, but the value isn't there. And when you don't get any steals or blocks, you're a bad rebounder, bad assist player, when you go back from shooting 56% from three to a more normal number or the regression sets in, then things aren't going to be as good. 20 points is still really good, but he shot 35% overall. And that hurts. That brings him way down. The reason that he was way up, and we talked about it on the buy low, sell high show, is because he was shooting absolutely unbelievable, unsustainable numbers. And it was always going to fall away. Still hold him if you want, but it's not imperative. Keegan Murray got a lot of minutes, 37, and had 10 and 10. He's just not reliable enough to be a good 12-team league player. Definitely not must roster. And I think we can comfortably drop Malik Monk, who played just 10 minutes here, 11 minutes, actually. Good game from Fanta Pants. Kevin Herter, he did struggle a little bit last game. So 18 points, 8 assists, 2 steals. He's a very good bounce back. For the, uh, the Lakers, let's go straight to the center battle. Wenyan Gabriel played 24 minutes, and Tom Bryant played 19 minutes. Thomas Bryant. Get that garbage out of here! I think he can be better than this, but I'm not waiting around. It's four games in a row. They're going a different direction. Anthony Davis apparently has no pain in his foot. There's no, there is zero chance of Tom Bryant maintaining 12-10 value when Davis returns. 0.01. I don't want to be absolute. You can move on. Do you have to add Gabriel? Well, I'm getting more convinced. 10 and 6 in 24 minutes of steal on a block. I don't really believe in winning Gabriel to be a 12-10 league player in 23 minutes. But he's honestly proving that he is. I still don't... There's too many other guys that I would add. KJ Martin... Dennis Smith Jr., the, the trade deadline stashes, Williams and Jackson and Collins, versus me trying Wenyan Gabriel. I don't mind it, but I don't think it's priority. Westbrook struggled, one of four from the line, but 19, seven and five are some good counting numbers. While LeBron had 32, eight and nine, a steal and a block, just a sensational run from him. It was also really impressive for Max Christie. Now, long-term, there's Reeves and there's Walker to still return, so he's not going to have an impact, but 12 points in 27 minutes. Pat Beverly struggled, and old mate Dennis Schroeder, you're a basket legend. Had five points in 26 minutes, 33% shooting with no rebounds, no threes, two assists. He's the 380th ranked player over the last week. He has no business being on a 12-team league roster, even though all the opportunity in the world is here. If LeBron is out, I will stream him in. Otherwise, he serves no purpose. He shouldn't start on this team at all when these guys like Reeves and Walker come back. He shouldn't be anywhere near the starting lineup. He sucks, he stinks, and to be fair, He'll be better than this. Like He's not this, this bad. But he's not that far away from it. Let's look at the lines of the night. The monstrous is Larry Markadon. Your waiver wire line of the night is Isaiah Joe. The young gun of the night is the delicate dancer, Alpren Shangoon. And the dud of the night is Tyus Jones. Top 10 players in category leagues. It's Markkinen, Jokic, Jalen Green, Shangoon, Garland, DeJounte Murray, LeBron, Trey Young, Isaiah, Joe, and Chris Stapps. Porzingis, your top 10 players rostered under 50%. Isaiah, Joe, excellent three-point streamer. 
Number two was Kenrich Williams. We love it in 14-team leagues, but there's still a bunch of uncertainty. I don't mind trying him in 12s occasionally, but it's hard to rely on. Number three is the big fella, Mark Williams. Oh, hi, Mark. You know, I've said it a million times. The stash is there, but be prepared for nonsense. Isaac Okoro, eh, maybe 14 teams, maybe. Trevor and Queen, absolutely no interest. Number six was Dylan Wright. Probably is a 12-team league guy when you're dealing with steals. Rashawn Holmes, only as a streamer when Sabonis is out. Aldama, deeper leagues. Reggie Bullock, three-point streamer. And then Torian Prince, eh, I like him for tomorrow. Bit of value there. And then your top 10 points league players. Jokic, Markkanen, LeBron, Kuzma, Garland, Green, Shengun, Kyle Anderson, Christian Wood, and the burner, Jalen Bronson. And that... We'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are here on YouTube, thumb it up. And leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.